Hello and welcome to the Hoosie Podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this month's show, we're going to be looking at Dragonfire um, in its, all, its I say audio, in its audio, in its video and written formats. So it's our usual DVD to uh, target book novelisation comparisons. So uh, I was trying to jazz it up there and failed miserably, didn't I? Yeah. As well, there's only so much you can do, isn't there? Oh, I know, I know, exactly. With, with this Especially big, in this era. In this, in this <laughs> stale format we have as well. So. <laughs> Okay, everybody. So uh, let's see what's been happening in the news since we've been away. And um, well, unfortunately, some very sort of uh, sad news, or two bits of sad news, really. But first off, uh, Dame Diana Rigg um, died at the age of 82. Now, uh, as we Doc Two fans should know, uh, she played Mrs. Gillyflower in The Crimson Horror. Uh, which was written by uh, Mark Gatiss, and also starred her daughter Rachel Sterling. Um, but obviously, people of our, well, I say our generation, I think lo- lots of generations will know her as Emma Peel from the Avengers. Um, yes. Yeah, and uh, and I think also the, I, I know it's a bit of a, a contentious title to be given these days, uh, but she is the best Bond girl as well. Yes. So, and yeah. in, in my, in actually, my favourite James Bond film. So, um, there you go. But uh, yeah, um, I know she was eighty-two, but uh, I wasn't really expecting that, to be honest. No, mainly because I don't think of her as being eighty-two. No, me though, neither. I no, um, I think it's because the well, the Avengers is always on, isn't it? It's always on. Yeah. Um, sort of some cable channel or ITV four or. You know, something like that, and they just started um, sort of running them again. Uh, I think it was, on, was it on BritBox? They've been they've got all the episodes yeah. in there as well. So yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, she's I mean, the Avengers is sort of you know it's it's known by so many um, sort of generations and well known across the globe as well. Um, and Emma Peel was such an iconic character as well, yeah. and having sort of a really really marvelous um, sort of chemistry with uh, Patrick McNee. Um, which it never really sort of recaptured, did it? They tried to, but it, it, it was there was always something special about Diana Rigg and um, and Patrick McNee. Yeah, I think think well, I think it was it was at the right age where he wasn't quite he, he was still young enough to be the the romantic male lead. Yeah, in it for her own. Uh, so yeah, I think I, it, yeah they just work, didn't they? It just seems effortlessly for the two of them. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think also when it when it comes to the, after after she sort of left the Avengers, I suppose her next big role was as as um, Tracy in on in uh, on a Majesty's Secret Service. Um, and again, she she wasn't quite as I can put as, as kickass as as Emma Peel, but she she. The character sort of held her own, didn't she? Especially sort of towards the end, um, when she's fighting off one of Blofeld's heavies. So um, yeah. I, obviously they they sort of fell back on that that Emma Peel uh, type character to you know to a certain degree at least. Um, but I think a sort of modern audiences will probably know. And I've never watched a single episode of this Game of Thrones. Um, no. So it's like Lady Elena Tyrell. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, yeah. So not not something I've watched, but uh, yeah, it's the but um but the most recent thing she's done uh, was in the update, uh, I'll say the remake, I should say, of All Creatures Great and Small in Channel Five, where she played the uh, Mrs. Pomfrey character with you know, with the the tricky woo dog. Yeah. So Again, I haven't seen I haven't seen that. I'm still. Yeah, I've the the old yeah. BBC version. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I, I must admit, I've 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 watched the first episode. Um, yeah, and they've made James Herriot Scottish in this. Um, for what reason, I don't know. Unless he really was Scottish in the books, I've got no idea. But, um, it, okay, it won't replace the BBC version, but it's still very enjoyable. It's, it's that gentle television that we don't seem to have enough yes. of these days. You know, you sort of put your feet up and forget about your worries for, for an hour. It's, it's that kind of mm. programme. So, but, uh, yeah, so, so I've only watched the first episode. I haven't seen any with Dinah Riggin at the moment, so... Um, yeah, but again, that's another well-known character in, in British television as well, Mrs. Pomfrey and, and Tricky Woo. So yeah. uh, I'm interested to see how, what what uh, what her take is on the character, whether she's a bit more um, formidable than, than, yeah. than, than the original one. But uh, well, there we go, there we go. So very very sad. Um, now 
unfortunately, someone else died. Um, actor Frank Windsor uh, died at the age of 92. Now, for uh, Doctor Who fans, um, he played uh, Ronald Fitzwilliam in The King's Demons and he played Inspector McKenzie in Ghostlight. Um, so, two roles there for Frank Windsor. Uh, to be honest, and I don't, I hope I don't come across as, as, as casual this, but I thought Frank Windsor died years ago. Because um, you just that didn't see him anymore, did you? No. Well, I, I suppose there comes a time when you retire, even if you're an actor. I don't know. So I, I never thought actors really sort of retired, to be honest. But um, no. But as, as, as again, I think to, to other another generation, he was known um, for his role in Z Cars, um, and again in um, Softly Softly. And there was it Softly Softly Task Force. I don't remember that one. Yeah, I think they went more for a bit more action in that, didn't they? Oh, do you know what? I've got no idea. Absolutely no idea with that. No idea at all. But uh, but again, he was, he was one of those actors that sort of seemed to sort of turn up in sort of that genre television, uh, especially in the 60s. He was in the part episode Random Hotkirk Deceased. Um, yeah. He's also in The Avengers um, as well. Um, and it, it, unfortunately, it was, it was a Tara King um, era episode. It was on the day he died, actually, that one, funnily enough, on, IT, on ITV4. Um, so that was that, that was a bit, uh, bit weird. And he was also in um, The Goodies, as well as The Scout Finder General. Um, but yeah, so, but he also appeared in uh, another sort of comedy series, again, playing a police officer, but in the, uh, Jasper Cat Robert Powell's uh, The Detectives. Yeah. So, um, but again, he was one of those actors sort of, you never sort of associate with, with comedic type roles, but when he did do it, he was actually quite good, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, he was, he was a good actor. He, yeah, I thought I thought he was actually. I thought he was. It just appeared, uh, uh, sorry, uh, appears, a shame he appeared in a couple of. Um, okay, Doctor Who stories. One that is not so fondly remembered. The other one I think is uh, given more credit than it's due. Uh, Ghostlight. I'm, I'm not a I'm not a fan, if I'm honest. Um, but say so he, he he was he was perfectly good in it. Yes, he was a, a sort of. I suppose you could say he's one of those dependable actors, wasn't he? Really. Yes. Yes, so, uh, but I say, it's, it's a shame, but I say 92 uh, for him and an 82 for Dinah Rigg. Um, yeah, sort of, ah. very good ages, but it, it, still, it still comes as a shock, nevertheless. I was thinking so. at 92, if he did have his life assurance policy, and he survived by his wife, she should have a nice payout. Oh yes, of course, yes, because he, he did the uh, the life assurance adverts, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, well, they were they were they were a bit better in his day because you got the, if you signed up for one of those policies, you got a charming carriage clock, didn't you? Yes. Well, now when Michael Parkinson does them, you get you get a crappy old pen. <laughs> Much even he doesn't do them anymore. I don't know who does no. them now, but uh, no. But uh, there we go, there we go. So it's very sad, and we 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 doff our caps to the to to the pair of them. Yes. Okay. So in other news, now this I'll say this is news, but this is probably more. I don't know, would you, would you call this rumour control at the moment? Because this hasn't actually been confirmed, has it, this next news item? Um, no. But you know, basically, this first appeared in the Daily Mirror. Now, the Radio Times website is reporting this as well, but the Radio Times website does tend to do a lot of clickbait articles of late. So you can take this how you want, but basically the Eve of the Daleks and the Bonnable Snowmen, both from the Patrick Troughton era, are the next um, missing stories to get the animated treatment. Um, now, it's, it, all it says on this Radio Times um, um, article, it says it understands that more details will be released in due course. Um, thoughts on this, Paul? Uh, it, it's a natural progression, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, if, you, if you'd have said to me what are going to be the next two, I think we'd have both agreed evil of the Daleks. Mm. And Abominable Snowman, yeah, seems to be a reasonable choice as well, so... Yeah, you, you can you can you can see that it's going to happen. Whether whether it's the next one or or not, I don't know. But yeah, yeah, it's surprising if it, if they never do it. <laughs> do you, do you think they're sort of um, what what they're doing because they're really heavily concentrating on on the Troughton era with these animated stories at the moment? Um, do you think this is sort of like a a way to do a Patrick Troughton Blu-ray box set? Yeah, I think it's, it's it's totally what they're doing with this. Yeah, 
to yeah, be honest. Yeah, I, I've uh, I have my call me cynical, but I think that's what they're that's what they're going to do. Um, Which is I, why I'm kind of annoyed. Mind, so I that's why you haven't I've, bought them. Is what you're about to say? Yeah, I've bought I, I bought Power of the Daleks, but I haven't bought either either the others they've done yet. Yeah, because I'm sort of sitting there thinking, well, are, is this all leading to to a to a, a Blu-ray set? Yeah. Well, I think it, I I I I definitely think it's it's, it's heading that way actually, um, which is which is fine to be honest. Um, it's we haven't yet had a sort of anything from the first and second Doctor, um, sort of box set wise, um, no. for, for, for obvious reasons. Of, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. Um, I I just sort of I, I I mean you know I would like them to sort of fall back on the Hartnell ones as well. Cause there's still a lot missing from there as well. Um, and, and unless the BBC knows something we don't, and they some have been recovered, who knows? I just, I just suspect it's it's a it's a fact that it's <clears throat> why they're used to recreating the style and whatever mm. of the second Doctor stories. That it's easier to if, if you're getting the same people to do all the animations, it's easier to stick to one era yeah. and do all those now. Before you, then you can then sort of clear the deck, sort of thing, and go on and do the go on and do the first. I mean, the thing is, I mean, they have. I mean, they have done animated Hartnell. Um, it's not as if they haven't got the. Um, I no, know, I suppose you put it the the, the Proust, but I think it was done by. Um, those early ones were done by Cosgrove Hall, which is no longer a going concern, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I suppose you're right, Riz. So I suppose with the Hartnell ones, um, they would have to start again. To, um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I just say I hope they do. I hope they do do the Hartnell ones as well. Um, I, I do think that the I know these rumours start every now and again with the you know the, there's a rumour going that some episodes have been recovered, but I I've kind of given up hope a little bit now to be honest. Yeah, not really. The have. fact is, actually, the more they go into doing the animations and if they do keep I was going to say churning them out but that's probably, I, I yeah. mean it in a more respectful way than that um, <laughs> then then it just suggests that they don't believe they're coming back the no that's episodes right are coming back so um, yeah I, I, th- I think we're at that stage now where yeah I think so as well definitely, pe- definitely. people have decided the, mon- the money is in the animation now because you there's no point waiting. Yeah, and they have proved popular, so um, hmm. yeah, why not? Why not, really? But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, as I said, it's it's just um, it's just a rumor at the moment. Nothing's been actually sort of confirmed concrete. So, um, but as I say we'll, we'll 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 sort of bring more news on that as and as and when it uh, when it appears, really. Um, yeah, yeah. As I say, as I say, it's just a rumor at the moment, but. Uh, now, last in the news, this is a, a um, pointless poll news. Um, the I think it was the, the Radio Times did a poll on who is the uh, you know the favourite Doctor to date. Um, which David Tennant won. He came in at number one. Um, with Jodie Whittaker coming in at a very very close second. Actually, um, they both won twenty one percent of the vote. There's only about a hundred or so votes in it. Um, actually, with um, Peter Capaldi coming at number three, uh, which I was quite surprised about because I didn't think uh, that many everyone said I oh, don't like Capaldi, but I think it's uh, I think people come to appreciate him now actually. But yeah. um, but right at the bottom, with one percent of the vote, Peter Davison. Um, now I, I I know that someone's got to come bottom. Um, I suppose Colin Baker's just glad that it's not him this time because he he actually came in at number twelve. Um, yeah, but I think. I say it's a point. It's part of the I suspect Sylvester McCoy cracked open the champagne at eleven. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, I think that um, if you run this poll again in a month's time, it will be completely different. Yeah, really. But the thing that got everyone worried, or us worried in particular, that when this poll came out, we didn't actually know at the time. But all that was trended on Twitter was Tom Baker. Yeah. Um, and. As soon as you see Tom Baker t- trending on Twitter, we certainly do at the Uzi podcast. We we fear the worst, don't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, thank 
heavens, that wasn't the case. But um, I think people just getting up in arms that it wasn't Tom Baker at number one, and it was David Tennant followed by Jodie Whittaker. Um, but as I say, it's it's a it's a meaningless poll, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and, and people will vote. You know, if, if you've taken the time to vote, then and your person's at number one, then fair play. Exactly. I, um, I, 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 I didn't vote in this, so I can't really complain that the person, the doctor I would have chosen, isn't. Well, I know, one. exactly. If, 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 you, if you think that I'm not going to uh, bother voting for this because my favourite Dr Tom Baker will always come number one, uh, in this case he didn't, that's how things like Brexit happens. Yes. Yes, oh. you see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a, a slightly lesser problem, Brexit, than Tom Baker. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's get this into a bit of perspective here. I mean, Tom Baker (laughs) should be number one in every poll. Brexit, I don't really... (laughs) 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 We're leaving Europe, but we've still got Tom Baker. That's the main thing. Exactly, exactly. You know, that's that's putting a very positive spin on it, Paul. (laughs) Or should I say we're leaving the EU, as we're not necessarily leaving Yes, but we've still got Tom Baker. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh, dear. Yeah, so yeah, a bit of a pointless poll, but poor old Peter Davis, I feel sorry for him. But uh, but as I say, somebody's got to come bottom, haven't they? They really have. But uh, to be honest, it, it, it was fairly close in all of them because I mean, um, it goes from Chris Freckleson at number eight got uh, one thousand one hundred forty-four votes, which was two percent of the vote. But then you add, it, then you get John Perry also had two percent of the vote at number nine. Patrick Trout got two percent of the vote at number ten. Then Sylvester McCoy, Colin Baker, and then Peter Davidson all got 1%. So yeah. there wasn't a lot in it, to be honest. Well, it was eight people between Peter Davidson and Colin Baker. Oh, no, it? precisely. Precisely. Oh, dear. I'm, I'm now looking ball. at this quite worried and thinking, why is John Pertwee so far down the list? Is that because people that think John Pertwee, uh, look, at John, look on John Pertwee as their doctor are dying off now because they're getting to Ooh. that age? God's well, well, <laughs> which, 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 thanks, which panics thanks, me somewhat. Yeah, I know. Same here. Thanks, Paul, because um, John Pertwee is my favourite doctor. <laughs> <Yeah>. and, uh, <laughs> that's, that's the point, really. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, before we um, get any older and uh, not able to take part in any more uh, votes, so um, we'll, we'll wrap this news item <laughs> up before we both become too, too infirm to talk any longer. So, uh, yes, yeah, so coming up... <laughs> So coming up next, uh, we're going to be talking about Dragonfire, starring Sylvester McCoy uh, and uh, Sophie. The introduction of Sophie Aldrin as Ace as well. So uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. So for another month, then that was the news. everybody it's time for another target novelization versus uh, dvd uh, doctor who story and as i said earlier uh, we're going to be covering dragonfire this time um so um we'll get straight into it and this was written um by ian briggs he did both the novelization and the uh, televised version as well um so it's my turn to kick off it's the uh, the last time we actually covered a, a seventh doctor story actually I'm trying to think. No, we, 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 we've been treating ourselves, haven't we? <laughs> we have, we have, yeah. Um, okay, so there, there was one reason, uh, a very good reason actually, I picked Dragonfire because my son elected to watch it um, some weeks back and I thought, okay, and I sort of sat them with it and I thought, I'm actually quite enjoying this, to be honest. So I thought that's why I suggested doing the book as well. Um, for, for our um, podcast this month because I, I actually sort of it's been a while since I've watched it um, yeah and I was sort of pleasantly pleasantly surprised to a certain degree really yeah <laughs> I, I I didn't mind it that much um, however what? the book is much better than the televised version yeah, I, 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 for a moment there, I thought you said it was a letdown, and I was going to say, oh dear, we've been reading the wrong book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bugger me, we're in Debra and the Bannerman. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it was, that the book was superior. Um, uh, in, in, in every way. Yeah, <laughs> um, 
And one of the things I'd actually forgotten about was the fact that Dragon Ball is only a three-episode story. Yeah, and... And it shows. It shows. The, yeah. The, 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 there's obviously the famous scene in it that makes no sense because the, there's no explanation. No, no, not at all. Um, it's... Yeah, that there's certain characters sort of given a bit more background, um, like the the, 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 the small child, which you call Star Child. Um, yeah. It's, again, I still don't see the point to her, of her in the story. No, no. I mean, actually, you, you get a lot more, lot more of her in the book, and still none of it actually ties into the book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's... Um... It, it was one of the things... Well, to to be honest, it's it was a long time since I've watched Dragonfire. It, mm. I have to say, it's not Same one bit. that um, comes across my oh, I must watch that sort of feeling yeah. when, I'm, when I think about Doctor Who. Um, and as I do try to, if if I don't re- can't remember the TV version that well, yeah, I like to read the book first and then watch the TV version. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, having read the book, when I when I started to watch the TV version, I did think to myself, "Oh, I do feel sorry for Ian Briggs here." Yeah, because this is not even trying with the set, really. I know the budget and whatever, but really, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, if you, did you watch the um, any of the documentary, like the making of, on the DVD no. at all? I had a quick look at that, and the director, Chris Clough, he. He actually does regret some of the things that he did. He, again, it was all to do with it was overlit. Um, you've got the bit with the, the you know the the literal cliffhanger at the end of episode one. Um, yeah. yeah, it's yeah he, he admits his own his own mistakes in that. I mean, I mean, you know. and to be honest, and I know it's it, you're talking of cost here. Yeah, but really, what they needed to have done was for for the the underground the under. World bit scenes for Ice World. Yeah. To have gone to somewhere like Wookie Hole or somewhere like that. Yeah. And film there where you've got the stalagmites and all that. Yeah, and just sort of dress it up a little bit. To... Yeah. 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 Rather than, I mean, basically putting in the safe, basically putting in, what is it, walkways and then trying to hang bits of white sheet off of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's all plastic sort of. Yeah. Roofing, really, wasn't it? That's what it looked like. Yeah, but, uh, that's, yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Sort of thing you put on a lean-to. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that, that's yeah, that's a nineteen eighties lean-to, isn't it? It <laughs> is basically. Yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame, actually. Um, no, no. I'd, I'd say I, I, I enjoy. It. I mean, the whole th- the whole motivation of of Kane, though, um, it does just. On on the TV version, it does just fall apart at the end. Um, it, it's just a case of, oh, my home planet's gone. I'm therefore going to kill myself. And it and it to be honest, it's, it's always the same thing in the book as well because it's just the whole thing. Well, why all of a sudden just give up? Surely, if he was I that mean, driven, he, he'd go and take over someone else's planet or something. I don't know, but well, no, I mean the driven bit, which. Sort of the book does get is revenge. He wants revenge on them for the death of his partner. Yeah, and I suppose it, the revenge is all that he's got left. He talks about wanting, you know, he'd, without it, he would have just. He does talk about wanting to die earlier. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I suppose the point is, once he knows that it's not just about dominating the world. Hmm. It, it's about getting revenge on those people that sent him here and killed his partner. Yeah. Or or led to her death. Um, and I suppose once that's taken away from him, then then all reason for him being alive was taken away. Now, the other thing is, as well, um, about Chaos, he, he'd been on that planet for 3,000 years. Yeah. Or that prison, I should say, for 3,000 years. Um, was it really... And I... I didn't pick up on this. Maybe you, maybe you did. That how did he survive for three thousand years? Was it ever explained why he had to lie down in that sarcophagus thing to keep his temperature down? Was he? Yeah, because even though must have missed It's that an ice world. Yeah, it's still too warm for him. 
Yeah, but that's to say, why why was it? And how did he live for 3,000 years? Well, I suppose, I mean, they could be just a long-living long race. Could be. Um, I say it just, it just wasn't really. But but yeah, he had to go and he had to go and he lied in laid in that as you say, um, thing because that was lowering his temperature even more than what the planet was. Yeah, I just I just couldn't wonder if if that was some reason that's what was keeping him alive. I know sort of through the body temperature, but did that sort of prolong his existence as well? Like I don't know, like Michael Jackson getting into his oxygen tent, whatever he, had, he used to get into. Um, that didn't work, did it? Um, <laughs> In either case, no, <laughs> no. Um, no. I think I think it just was that he he just got too warm and had to cool himself down yeah. for a bit. It's like going to sit, going to have a cold shower during a heat wave sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think it was meant to be that it was polite. I think they're just particularly long had a long life. Yeah, so. Yeah, it just seems to be something a little bit missing for me mm. on on that front. But uh, yeah, I mean, as I mean, as bad guys go, I think the um, on the TV version, um, Edward Peel, I thought he played him quite well. Actually, um, there, there wasn't any sort of eye rolling histrionics from him. No, was there? It was definitely, yeah, definitely un- underplayed. underplayed yeah, him. yeah, I did, I did like that actually. Um, um, just yeah, just the fact that they never got because having read the book, it was all about his black eyes, wasn't it? Yes, that's it. And obviously, you didn't get that in the. TV no, version. no, you you still got sort of like that, you know, kind of phrase his icy stare. Um, but you didn't, yeah. you didn't that whole thing about the blackness of his eyes. You never, that never came across, did it? No. Which is a shame, actually. Um, but then, sort of, obviously, I mean. You know, this story's famous for, for sort of, kind of other things as well, really. Um, obviously, it's the introduction of Ace. And we say goodbye to um, Melanie Bush as well. Um, so, first things first, what, what about... What, what do you think is it as a story to introduce um, introduce Ace? Yeah. Um, it's fair enough. It does seem a bit far-fetched that she's there, really. Well, yeah, it's, it's sort of almost like a, a, a throwaway comment really about how she got there yeah. and never yeah. to be mentioned again kind of thing um even in the book it was yes it was yeah yeah it's it's very very odd it's almost if he didn't he didn't really have the conviction to do it no it's um now didn't it, I, I think he had to um ian briggs had to sort of sign away the character of ace to the bbc um I think it's what you said on the on the documentary that he had to sign away to the BBC, so he he couldn't claim any um, sort of rights to it if they had wanted to reuse the character again. Because at that time they were going to use that. If he wanted to go off and use Ace in his own TV spin-off series. Well, well, I, I know. I think at the time there was um, a, a sort of a, a toss-up between the character of Ace and I can't remember the character's name, but it was a character from um, Delta and the Bannerman. Who was apparently in the running to become a, 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 a seventh Doctor companion, uh, but in the end, in the end, uh, um, Sophie Aldred got the role. They they sort of preferred her, her character, um, which is which is fine. I, I I have to be honest though, Ace has never been my favourite character. I'm afraid, and no, I think, it, um... I, it, it, and it's all down to that. Um, how can I put it? Substitute words for a teenager swearing. Yeah, and it it it. it well, to me anyway, he doesn't come across very well, and there's plenty of that um, in this particular story as well. The constant use of the word "bilge bag" uh, when yeah. she's talking to um, to Glitz, um, and I think actually she called um, yeah. Partic- me- particularly for the really the rebel person. Oh yeah, it? exactly. Um, and she kept calling um, Mel a donut more so in the yeah. book than on the television. I've got yeah. to be honest. Um, I think in the book it was overused. Uh, to be honest, with you, why donut? I don't know, but um, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, it, it's a. I think it's an odd story, um, and it's a very odd way for Mill to leave as well because it just comes out of the blue. Yeah, I mean, why, yeah, why? Why she would want to go off with Glitz? Yeah, and there, there was nothing in the story as such to make her think. You know, I I can't do this anymore. You know, at least when. Yeah. Um, Say like Tegan left. She was sick of all the people dying. Yeah. So she oh, you said, know, you, I can't, oh, you, I, 
you know, I can't do it anymore. So that's why she left. But um, it's almost it's almost as bad as when Leela left. That yeah. just came out of the blue, didn't it? With the uh, the um, what was his name, Andred? Yeah, um, yeah. I, th- I think that, that was yeah. the character's name. Yeah, um, all of a sudden. But there wasn't even like... that, was there? It no, was... there was nothing. No, there was there was no romantic link to to him. It was just basically she didn't want to be with the doctor anymore. Yeah, really. There's no there's no reason for that that there was there was something that Glitz was going to do that was going to make her that she wanted to do with him. Mm, that's it. And literally, she just didn't want to be in the TARDIS anymore. <laughs> that's it. <coughs> no, it just seems to be a case of, right, okay. Um, I think she was always going to leave at that point anyway. Um, but this seems to be a case of, right, okay, we've got this new companion now, bye. Yeah. And just written out like that. It was it was very odd. Very, very odd. And and I know we said that the, the book was superior um, to the televised version, but again, even the book doesn't do anything to address that either, does it? No. No, not at all. No. It's somewhat, yeah. It's, it's basically it's 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 something that's added into the story after the story's written, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Which is uh, no, that's a shame. So, that's a shame. And they made no attempt to to link it in, really. No. Um, should we actually? Should we sort of go through some of the um, some of the differences um, yeah. b- between the DVD and and the um, and, and the novelisation? Um, so. Obviously, you've got the the most famous thing out out of uh, this story is the the cliffhanger, when the Doctor goes over the edge of that uh, precipice. Um, yes, Climbs at least carefully in the... over the scaffold. Yes, indeed, indeed. Well, <laughs> at, at least in, in... That... this is, this, well, is, this was the opposite of Star Wars, weren't it? Where everyone had a had a handrail. <laughs> Well, at least in the, in the book, they said well, the reason the Doctor chose that path because the the other two paths went back up. Yeah, um, he, and this he, was he the only way down. Yeah, yeah. This was this was the only way you, see, you could see to be forward. Yeah, as opposed exactly. to going back. Yeah, yeah. But in the the the, the televised version, there was none of that at all. It just sort of he I, just I, wanders I, along and then decides to climb over. Yeah, exactly. Over, over, over the hand and and hang from his. Umbrella, yeah. Um, I mean, at least in the book, he gets halfway down before he get runs into trouble. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, but very, very poorly realised. I mean, everyone knows that bit's poorly realised anyway. We, I don't think we have to. We don't. Have, I think we have to labour the point on that one, do we? <laughs> so. No, no. But yeah, it's, it, it certainly it works in the book. Yeah, it does. It does much better. So it's, it's a lot clearer as to why you know the, the Doctor does what he does. Um, it's, it's, but then it, again, it's a natural. Sorry, it is a yeah, natural is. progression of the story that he goes down. Yeah, with. it is. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I think the the other bit as well is when um, Mel and Ace come to that same point. Now, in the yeah. televised version, Ace just gets like a rope, sort of like a rope ladder thing out and just tosses it over the side. Um, yeah. But in the book, there's a little bit more peril involved, isn't there, with, with a, yeah. uh, to do with a can of Nitro 9 that's leaking. Um, yeah. Which does sort of lend a, a bit more sort of uh, tension to the scene. Um, and Mel has to go and rescue uh, Ace, who's slowly passing out from the gases leaking out of this, uh, out of this can. So, um, but again, it's not a rope ladder either. They're almost sort of abseiling down the ice face, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, they're, they've put on harnesses and yeah. using ropes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, and again, I think that works better in the book as well. Um, yeah, mainly because it, add, it adds that extra bit of tension into it. Yeah. It really does. Um, but I think the there's another sort of major bit as well, is when the characters of, uh, what's it, McLuhan and Bazin, or Bazin, are hunting yeah. down the uh, the dragon. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they are quite, quite well fleshed yes, out characters. They are, yeah. In the book. Whereas actually, they're absolutely... They're 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 basically cannon fodder, aren't they? In this in this story, they're there to be, there to be shot and to shoot, and that's it. Well, to, to, I mean, they are in the book as well, but at least you get to know them a bit more before. Yeah, that happens. You know, um, it's yeah. You, know, you get the whole thing about trust, and is it uh, you know is he good enough? Is he going to get them killed and all that sort of thing? Yeah, that's quite it. a 
Good thing. And the whole the only I, pro- oh gone yeah yeah sorry. No, I was gonna say the only thing about the, 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 them two as characters is, you do sit there and you think, well, why has why has Kane waited three thousand years? Why hasn't he just sent as he's got guards sent them down there to try and get? Well, yeah, exactly. The it's this whole thing they're because it's actually, got that actually, tracker I mean, on the map, uh, isn't it? And that's it. Yeah, yeah. But obvious. That's that's just because the Doctor and bits of. They've found the creature. Yeah. They've found the dragon, but otherwise, why couldn't they have done that? I oh, know, exactly. It, it does... It is very, very sort of... Um, how can I put it? I'm trying to think of the right word for it, actually. It's, it's all very sort of co- a convenient way of telling the story, yeah. isn't it? You know, if, if he just said, oh, yeah, we've been hunting this thing for the last 3,000 years or whatever, um, hasn't got near to it. Um Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, ma- it, ma- anything it'd make, really. It'd make, it'd make sense if if Glitz was was a world renowned tracker. Yeah, you know. So obviously, by sending him, he's more likely to find it, but might not necessarily kill it. But that was the way of he was he was going to lay the trial sort of thing. Yeah, that's it. In, that's whether it. knowingly or not, but that's not his character anyway. It's been established that that's not what he is. So, no, no, he's not. He's a well, but he's a mercenary, really, isn't he? And, yeah. And a cowardly one at that. So, um, he's a profiteer. Yes, he is. He is. He's well, basically, he's a pirate, isn't he? Really. Yeah. More than anything else. Um, actually, that comes onto another bit as well with with his, his ship, the Nosferatu. Now, obviously, um, in in both the book and the televised version, the, the sort of Kane's holding the Nosferatu as a sort of uh, sort of like a, a, a ransom, basically. Yeah. Um, but. When Kane sets the <clears throat> the sort of I don't know, sort of better way to describe the zombies um, on 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 the um, on the on the people who are sort of residing on on the ice on ice world, yeah. Um, now they all run back to their respective ships, don't they? Yeah. Um, and then all get shot down. The Nosferatu is the last one to go, almost on autopilot, um, and it goes off, and then and then Glitz sees it it, it blown up in space, but in the televised version, the whole plan is to make everybody run onto the Nosferatu. Yeah. And blow that up. So instead of getting some loads of ships being blown up, you get one. And that's it. Which, um, which <clears> is, <throat> that was his plan all along. Makes it a very odd decision to have, for him to have ordered the Nosferatu to be destroyed earlier on. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it literally was, we haven't got enough money to make more, more, make more, more spaceships. Models. Yeah. Yeah. We can only do one, and as we've mentioned, the Nosferatu. Then that's the one we're gonna. Yeah, that's what we're, we're gonna, gonna use. Have. But uh, I've got to be honest for its for its day when the when the Nosferatu does blow up, it, it's a quite a good effect actually. It's it's, yeah. it's well done. Um, it, it's that age old thing again. You've got no. You don't have to worry about budget when you're writing the book, so you you can do whatever no. what the hell you like with it. Um, it's just always that, that yeah. thing, as you say, if you read the book first. Then watch the televised yeah. version. You're in for a disappointment, aren't you? So I, I, I just, I just, I just started watching it, just feeling sorry for Ian Briggs. Really, yeah, I yeah. I thought, could you imagine what he was going through when he first saw this? Oh no, poor guy, poor guy. That's, uh, that's the same for any of the writers, really, isn't it? That's yeah. A... Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I know, and we've said this many a time on this, but this, I think, this one just sort of really hit me a lot more than some of the others. Yeah. Now the other, actually, going back to the, um... actually, so can I just go oh, back God. to while we're talking about the, the mercenary army? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is something I don't understand in the story at all. Okay. Because it sounded all the way up to that point. It sounds like this mercen he's building this mercenary army. Yeah. To use when he goes back to his own planet. Yes. That's that's how I saw it as well. Yeah. Yeah. But they all get killed in the rounding up of the or the visitors and ice. Yeah, they just visitors, use yeah. fodder, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. They 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 go onto the ships with the the visitors and get blown up. And you just think to yourself, well, that doesn't seem to have been much of a a plan. Not well, actually, that seems to be a, seems to be a long winded way to do it. It does. Well, that's the bit I was coming to actually. Um, what was the, the zombies bit when when they do start. 
creating the panic in in that bar um, in, in Ice World, and and in the televised version, they just sort of casually wander in, let off a couple of things, add a little, sort of couple of laser blasts or whatever, and then sort of take a couple of swings at people. Everyone sort of rushes out. Um, and then you've got that guy very casually stands there putting that pose with his gun right by a star child she's hiding under the table but in the book um, I say it's done a lot more sort of dramatically and they get across the whole confusion thing and star child's mother is sort of carried away in the yeah. throng of people trying to escape um, but in in the televised version she, she, she just sort of wanders just off disappears. To doing a shopping basically doesn't she yeah so, she just disappears um, yeah but but in the televised version, she Starchild just gets off the off her chair and just sits under the table with yeah. her with her teddy bear. But in the book, the there was a special chair set up for her teddy bear because the waiters were making a sort of fuss of and serving the bear as well, sort of you know, sort of humour her because she's they, got her bear. Because they was in the posh restaurant. Yes, indeed. Which <laughs> in the TV, um, no. We're not going to have a different set. We'll just use the the, the bar again. Just use the bar we used earlier. But in the book, the reason she gets under the table because her bear falls on the floor. Yeah. So she goes to pick it. And that precise moment when she gets down is when the zombies come in. So which makes yeah. a lot more sense. It You know, it really does. Um, yeah. But then her little wandering around... Um, Ice World afterwards as well and sort of getting into various scrapes um, doesn't sort of really amount to much really does it I mean she wanders into no. um, Kane's sanctum puts her bear in the sarcophagus and in the TV version it goes absolutely nowhere but in the, the TV version uh, sorry the book version sorry um, she freezes it and it shatters it shatters exactly and she's up, really upset about it um Again, no, it still doesn't. But do again, it didn't make any. No, it didn't. It added nothing. Absolutely nothing. It is Very just weird the inclusion, most that. Weird, yeah, it is. You just feel, is this going somewhere? Is Whether, whether, whether that, that child was supposed to come back at another story at some point. Possible, I suppose. I don't, I, I don't remember and, reading and anything just, like that. But. And just disappeared, obviously, because. They never, there wasn't, it didn't have that much longer to go at that point. Could have been. Well, I don't know. Um, yeah, but that was just odd. I mean, the only, the only other bit I did like about that was that in the book was when the mother approaches Glitz to say, has, she, has he seen a child and to look for one? Look, help yeah. her look. It's the bit where he says he's looked behind two fire extinguishers before he realised what he was doing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I did like that. I did like that bit. It's just a faraway line, and it just <laughs> did. Yeah, I thought, yeah, that's. Can you imagine that? Oh dear, no. Yeah, it's the sort of thing you do, isn't it? Really? Yeah. But, uh, I, I mean, I, I, I don't mind the character of Glitz actually. Um, no. You know, it's not one you sort of think, oh god, that there's that. They brought him back again, you know. But it, it, it wasn't an, an unwelcome addition, put it that way. It really wasn't. No. Um, what do you think of the the actual dragon itself? Um, I think in the 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 book it's got a lot more of a, a, another worldly look to it, with that membrane thing that seems to it's, slide it's off a lot and more, on. It's a lot more mechanical, isn't it? As well, I think. Yes, I th- yeah, I've, I found that as well. I felt yeah. it was more it was more metal than it was it was organic. Yeah, but it um, had a very sort of velvety. Touch it because when that's again we'll come back to the star child bit again as well in the book she's scared of it yeah and it's not until it reaches out and starts to stroke her teddy bear to say I'm not going to hurt you yeah um then she sort of she sort of calms down a little bit but in the book she just sees this creature looming up towards her and, and she just stands and grins at it yeah you know it's it's really peculiar yeah really peculiar and that sort and that sort of thing isn't Done. That, that, that's not a cost issue, is it? You can't. No, no, that's not. Get no, those right. sort of bits right, or you know, at least you know, get some sort of sense out of those bits. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I. I suppose it, it's not. It's not ever the. It's not the worst ever. Costume I've seen in Doctor Who. Let's put it that way. No, it's not. It's not. 
I think, um, that, I think it, for, it, for me, for again, me it goes it's, to the it's, nine on. <laughs> again, it's too well lit. Yes. Even more in the da- especially down in the tunnels. Yeah. Yeah, there should um, be no light there. And that's the other thing as well. The other thing was that with the... Um, Oh, I can't remember what it's actually called. That that cave was that's got the the star chart in it. Yeah, well, in in the book, it's 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 fantastic sailing, isn't it? And all the and the flowers are the planets and the suns and exactly these little ice whatever ice flowers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but the the again the the, the 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 BBC budget lets it down down yeah massively. We just got a, basically a screen. And that's it. Which yeah. it wasn't supposed to be. It's supposed to be natural. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. It's it's such a shame. It's such a shame. It really is. But uh, and, and, yeah, and, I, I just and, think it, and the fake ice. I mean, like I say, if they could have just, I don't know whether Chiselhurst Caves has that sort of ice, stalactites and stalactites. But if you know, if they could have just gone to somewhere like that to film the, the tunnel scenes and whatever, I think it would have. Actually, Chiselhurst Cave, yeah, Chiselhurst Cave doesn't have that. I, I've no. been to Chiselhurst Cave, and it doesn't. Um, not a lot of it is natural. Yeah, they're Whereas man-made Mickey tunnels. Has. Yeah, that has, that, yeah, because that's a that's a natural cavern, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, or the network of caverns. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah. I, do you know what though? The, the televised version. I always sort of slagged off the TV version, but I do think it could probably could have done with an extra episode. Yeah, I, I I wonder, was it caught in that sort of how many episodes are we having sort of era, where we we'd just been having different. We'd had like forty five minute episodes, we'd had four episodes, we'd had two episodes. This was a three, oddly, you know. And does it was it written as a four part story? And well, I then then we get that's why we lose so much of the. The story. Yeah, because you, yeah, because you've got quite a, a a sort of patient build up in episodes one and two. Yeah, and then episode three, it just rattles through the rest of the plot. What there is of it, really? Because you completely lose the glitz getting hold of Ace's bag with the explosives and getting That's rid right. of the rest of the mercenaries. Yeah, that scene. There's there's an awful lot cut out. Wasn't it also cut out a bit where one of the mercenaries recognizes who he is? Or he tries to appeal to them because he's, he's he's sold his that's, crew, hasn't he, to Kane? I think that's that, that, that in was, there, but it's not anywhere near as involved near or in the, depth as it is in the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, that just happens and is, is quickly run through. Yeah, that's it. So I mean, mm. yeah, I mean, the, the the book makes a lot more sense. Still doesn't explain the Star Child. No, but it doesn't. at least at least you get a. And it still doesn't explain a why Kane couldn't have just sent his army down to get the dragon fire himself. Yep, considering consider they were undead, so anything the dragon did wouldn't have affected them. Well, to a certain extent, yeah, or at least yeah. you know you could have sent them as a forward party to to, to do the tracking, and then the soldiers follow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's um. Yes, it's, it's, it, there, there's holes in this story. It's, it's, it's actually it's an enjoyable story, and I think probably you did it the right way round in terms of watching it first before reading the book. Yeah, because it doesn't the, the TV version really. You just sit there going, "Really? Couldn't you've done better than that?" Really? Yeah, I know, I know. It it does come as a, a, a bit of a disappointment, doesn't it? Yeah. So. <laughs> Oh well, now I think um, okay. There's probably a lot of you out there listening who've um, already watched this actually. But if you haven't read the Target novelization, I'd say read it. Um, yeah, because it, it does it does add a lot to the story. Yeah, um, as we've already said, it, it, it still doesn't um, explain the presence of the Star Child, or um, for one thing, but um, actually, it, it does actually, explain in other areas. Yeah, so talking talking about the Star Trek now, and saying how much characters are, are a bit more fleshed out in the book. The char- character who's least sympathetic in the whole thing is the mother. Yes, even probably less than Kane. At least you feel some sorry for Kane because he's lost his partner. 
No, she's some just point. she this this woman's just upset that there's someone's interrupted her shopping by the sounds of things. Yeah. Dear oh dear. I mean, oh, the, well. the only the only bit of sympathy you get there is that obviously that you find out that her husband's run off with some other woman. Yeah. That's the only bit do, of background yeah. you get on her, isn't it? But you so. do almost feel 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 he's made the right decision. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Well, I, I do not part. I think that, I think that's a damn good place to leave it. <laughs> yeah, that really is. Um, so yes, yeah, so I think what we're saying: read the book. Read the book. Don't watch the TV. Don't watch the TV version. <laughs> now, do you know what? I I did enjoy the TV version. I think yeah. it it just sort of it was. Well, put it this way: it was good to sit down and watch it with my son. Yeah, because it, he he likes Sylvester McCoy. Um, I think that appears to be his doctor. Um, and that that's the ones he's watched the most um, out, out of all the all the, you know, the DVD collection I've got. So, um, so and as I say, I, I, I don't know if it's because I was sitting down watching it with him or... But I, I did just enjoy watching the story, um, despite all its shortcomings. It's, it's, it's you know. not the worst Seventh Doctor story, is it? No, it's not. It's not. There, there is um, plenty worse than that out there. <laughs> yes. Maybe one day we'll get around to him. Who knows? Mm, Who knows? Yes. Okay. Right, so that's probably an opportune moment to uh, wrap this little uh, discussion up. It's not so much a review, it's more of a discussion. Um, so when Paul and I return, we're back to big finish again, aren't we? Yes, we are. Yes. Um, yet to decide what we're going to do yet. No. Yeah, well, as, as, as usual, we are very prepared on this, on this show and... Uh, so as usual, we will uh, announce what that's going to be on our oh, Facebook. We've, we've got we've got a month to. to we've got a month to, to decide it. exactly. We just put our feet up and relax <laughs> to, and... to ignore it. In two days before we're going to recall, so <laughs> oh, better, better listen to something. <laughs> Paul, don't spoil the magic. Magic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, before Paul and I return, I'm hoping to get another special podcast out. Um, which I will um, sort of announce when that when that actually when I've recorded it basically, which should be recorded in um, the next few days. Um, so I will announce that um, on our Facebook page um, as well, and also on our Twitter feed as well. So there we go. Mm. So um, that just wraps the things up then. So it just leaves us to say for another month. Then it is goodbye from me, Phil, and goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. Listening to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. Mm-hmm.